Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. John chapter 9 this morning. God is faithful, God is good, and his word is truth. Amen? Amen. And so we gather, we, we listen, we hear his word, we read his word, and we believe his word, we stand on his word. Okay, you might be going through something. I just was sensing this morning as we were worshiping, just people going through stuff, you know? Life brings us stuff to go through. And uh, sometimes stuff is good and sometimes stuff stinks, right? And But we can stand on him and his word, the promises of his word. And so today we're going we're gonna to look at this story, a very familiar story. But the, the point is, is go and wash, just that reverberation as I was studying, preparing. Go and wash, Jesus tells us, man. And there's so many situations that we come up against. And Jesus today is telling us, go and wash. We just received, we just participated with communion today as a part of going and washing, washing in that blood of Jesus, knowing that the blood of Jesus washes us as white as snow, as clean as 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 possible. So today, go and wash. Let's look at this story in John chapter nine as we continue this series on step out in faith. As Jesus went along. He saw a man blind from birth. Okay, that's important. He's blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, and that's our kid's favorite part of this whole story. <clears throat> Emily said today, are you gonna, is that the loogie story? <laughs> yes, that's the loogie story. Having said this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the reminder that you still do miracles today. You still heal. You still restore. You still reconcile. There's still nothing too difficult for for you that with you, all things are possible. Help us not just to hear that, not just to understand that, not just to believe it, but to obey it, to walk in it, Lord, to believe that what you say can you can do, that you will do, Lord Jesus, that we can trust your word in our situations, whatever blind situations we encounter today. Lord, we might be in a situation we feel like we've been born blind in this situation, but Lord, you, you're gonna tell us today to go and to wash, and we will be healed in Jesus' name. And someone said, amen. amen. If you need to be healed today, shout amen today. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. A few things we want to we want to uh, just break down the story and see what God might be teaching us today about stretching 
our faith, about stepping out in faith. Number one, Jesus encountered a man, the text says blind from birth, okay? There's different types of blindness, and this man had been blind all his life. Some people get a a progressive blindness. They know what sight is, and then it's through the years or through a disease, and it's this macular degeneration. But this was a, there was a, there was no vision. This man had never seen before. It's hard for us even to fathom, even to imagine, because most of us, we might not have the best sight. I I wear pretty thick glasses, but at least I know what color is and what light and vision, and I can see people's faces. And if I take my glasses off, you're all a little blurry, but I can tell you're there, you know? And uh, it's, uh, but I cannot imagine not having any vision. And this is what this man was. He had a physical blindness. He was born into a state where he could not see a thing. There was never a time in his life that he could see. Because of that, I believe it also speaks to us of spiritual blindness. Jesus is clear as that when we are born into this world, we are born into a state of being spiritual spiritually blind that without Jesus without his presence without the Holy Spirit in our lives we don't know how to walk with God we don't know how to operate in the things of the spirit we are spiritually blind Jesus told this story in John chapter 3 he had he had an encounter with a person who was very religious he he knew the law he knew uh, the Old Testament the word and and uh, but he was spiritually blind blind. It says here in John chapter 3, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night, all right? He came to Jesus at night at a time when no one would see, at times speaking of also darkness, of needing some illumination, right? Not really. He There was a mystery he was trying to solve. He was. It was nighttime. The Nicodemus came and said, and he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Well, I'm just going to stop there. There's a lot of people today that believe in God. They believe that he was a teacher. Jesus was a teacher. They believe that Jesus was something special, but... They don't believe in Jesus, right? They don't have a relationship with him. They're still spiritually blind. You can, you can, you know, oh, I'm a good person. Well, maybe I attended church or maybe I attend church. And people can be in church and not have a relationship with Jesus. Right. That's a scary thing. It's a reminder to me as a pastor that we always want to, are, are people, are you truly following the Lord? So he says, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Jesus says no one can see, no one can participate, no one can experience the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Again, and he continues on, and he begins to give some explanation, and we become upon this famous scripture that we all have heard, verse 16. For God so loved the world, Jesus said to this man, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
So Jesus encounters a man blind from birth. He's physically blind, and I believe he's speaking to us spiritually. There are people walking in spiritual blindness who have never seen God for who he truly is. They've heard about God. They've heard stories. They've maybe read stories or encountered people that knew God, but then they themselves have never seen and witnessed and had a vision of who God is for them. So the first question is, is there a physical problem that we have that we need God's healing? Maybe we were blind, we were born with, a, with, a, with an issue, whether it's a physical issue or a, a sickness or a disease. Is there a physical blindness that we need healing from today? And the second question, is there a spiritual blindness in our life? Maybe we've known about God. Maybe we've gone to church. Maybe we know the songs. We know the hymns. But do we see? Do we see clearly the kingdom of God? Have we been born again? Number two in the story is this. Faced with a person with a real problem, the disciples were more concerned about curious answers rather than a helpful solution. Faced with a real problem, the disciples were more concerned about curious answers rather than a helpful solution. It says this in the, in the story. It says his disciples asked him, all right, now they encountered the same person that Jesus did, a man blind from birth, right, who had never seen in his life. And their response is, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, right, that he was born blind? They want to know, why is he blind? Was he just a bad person or his parents are bad you know it was pretty common in that time to think like you know there was sin had to be the issue of of your your issues that you dealt with and and so they were just had this theological curiosity they weren't as concerned about seeing the man be healed but they just wanted to pique their interest oh, why is this let's have a discussion jesus let's have a philosophical debate who who sinned this man or his parents and as I was reading this, sometimes as Christians, this is a danger for us. We might not even realize it. As those we have been set free from the bonds and chains of sin, sometimes it can be easy for us to drift towards analyzing problems of those around us. Well, why is it? Why do they do this? And why do they drift to that rather than helping to provide them with a helpful solution? It's easy to analyze because we forget maybe where we were or maybe we weren't in that same spot and we didn't deal with, you know, the blindness that this man's dealing with. And so we begin to analyze like, well, I wonder why. And maybe it's the way they were raised. Maybe it's their, the society, maybe it's the society's problem. It's culture's problem. It's, it's this world's problem. And we begin to analyze. And Jesus, why, why is this happening? We get so focused on curious answers and figuring it, solving it all intermentally that we forget, well, let's offer them a helpful solution. His name is Jesus. But Jesus, number three, was laser-focused on bringing light to a dark world. He didn't get caught up in, yes, yeah, so let's sit down and have a debate. In the... No, he, he just, he was focused on what he had been sent to do. It says, 
It says previous to John chapter 9. In John chapter 8, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And isn't it interesting, just a few verses later, he begins to encounter a man who's in darkness. And here comes Jesus, the light of the world, come to bring light to a dark place. Jesus encountered this man who desperately needed light. When faced with whether to focus on answering theological mysteries, Jesus chose to focus on bringing light to a man stuck in darkness. It could be easy to analyze, overanalyze things. Well, this happens, and what happens if they get healed? And don't you know what they're doing and where they've been? And let's just offer a solution. Let's offer Jesus to people. Let him work out all the details and and uh, not get stuck on all the questions, but ask, let's, uh, let's get, if we're going to get stuck on anything, let's get stuck on offering Jesus to hurting people. And Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Question, are you focused on what Jesus was focused on? bringing light to a dark world. It's a question for me. Am I focused? Am I laser focused on what Jesus was focused on? Now, if I'd be honest, there's too many times I get too analytical. Well, Jesus, what about this? And why did this happen? And Well, it must be their surroundings. It must be just the way they were raised. And if they had what had different family, they would have, instead of saying, let's offer them hope and a helpful solution. Number four, on another Sabbath, Jesus again displayed his creative power to do the impossible. On another Sabbath, Jesus again displayed his creative power to do the impossible. A few weeks ago, we had looked at another story, the man with the shriveled hand. It happened on a Sabbath, right? And we made that connection. It was... a kind of a parallel was at least reminiscent of when when God was creating the universe he used only his words he spoke it into existence and God said and there it was and God said and there it was well here we read this story and it's it's reminiscent of a creation story when Jesus created life from dirt right we see Jesus using dirt in this story to bring life to a blind man's dead eyes as reminiscent of Jesus using dirt to create the first man, Adam. Genesis 2, 7 says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. God honked a loogie again, huh? And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living all right, this is let's just pause. This. this isn't in my notes. Maybe this is why guys like to spit, huh? I think there's something spiritual to that. <laughs> Ladies, you always wonder why do the guys always have to spit? <clears throat> Amen. I tell you, tell you. <laughs> it says God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and then John nine says this. 
As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. He spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Jesus is doing a creative miracle. It reminds us he created this universe, and he created each of us. Just think of that. Jesus created each and every one of us. Sometimes it's easy to say, well, my life doesn't matter, and my life's a mistake, and I was just an accident, or I was just a whoops. Imagine Jesus forming and creating you. The psalmist says that you were formed in your mother's womb. You weren't just, whoops, you were just became in your mother's womb. Yes, your you know parents had a, something to do with it, but God formed you in the womb. So Jesus does the impossible. And finally, number five is this. In order for the man blind from birth to receive his miracle, he had to obey Jesus by stepping out in faith. In order for him to receive his miracle, he had to take a step of obedience. He had to obey what Jesus was telling him to do. It says Jesus spit on the ground. He made some mud with saliva. He put it on the man's eyes. This man's already blind. He makes him even more blind. And then he says, go, wash in the pool. Go, wash in the pool. So as Jesus says, go and wash. So the man went and washed. And the scripture says he came home seeing. The interesting thing is the pool of Siloam was not close to where this was happening. This was a long distance away. And so the man would have had to walk. And I'm sure he was skilled at getting around town at that, you know, by that stage of his life. But still, it would have been some exertion, some strength. He had to, it wasn't just this instantaneous miracle. All right, you're healed, you know. Go and wash. I wonder if the man ever had doubts, if he ever ever wanted to, well, I'm just going to go back home. (laughs) I got mud in my eyes. I'm embarrassed. This is humiliating. Not only am I blind, I'm walking around like, you know, I got stuff all over my face. Some other man's spit is on my face. That'd be pretty nasty, don't you think? But Jesus says, go and wash in a specific pool. I wonder if the man says, well, how about I just go wash home? You know, I got a sink in my house. I got, you know, a pool by my house. How about I just go wash there? But Jesus says, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, and it says, the scripture says, this word means sent. It's as if God is sending him towards his place of his healing. The question for us is, what is Jesus asking you to do? Sometimes we want the instant miracle. God, just zap me and make it happen. And sometimes Jesus says, will you take a step? Will you go? Will you wash? Will you go? And will you wash? Well, God, no, I just, would you just heal my marriage? Just do it, just zap my marriage and make it. Well, well, would you go and make things right with your spouse? Would you pray for your spouse? Well, God, would you provide provide the finances that I need? And, I, I, you know, we're just struggling financially. Well, would you set up a budget? Would you begin to take steps? Would you begin to spend your finances wisely? Sometimes the miracles are in the details. It's in the go and washing. 
Sometimes God just says he speaks a word and it happens, but sometimes we have to put some effort into it, go and to wash. What is he asking you to do? How is he asking you to step out in faith? In order to receive all that Jesus has for you, you have to do what Jesus asks of you. In order to receive all that Jesus has for you, you have to do what Jesus asks of you. It's so easy to put it all on Jesus and say, Jesus, just do everything for me. He's already done it all. Can we take steps of walking in obedience with him? It reminds me of the testimony we heard last week. Wasn't that powerful, Bradley and Rachel and their testimony? But what they kept coming back to was there was things that they had to do, right? It wasn't just like God miraculously, you know, healed them. They There was surrender they had to, they had to surrender it to Jesus. It wasn't just going to a system or to a program. It was they had to surrender to the Lord everything. You know, to the point where she had to surrender her marriage. You know, she, he tried to go visit her, and she's like, you know what? I God's got to heal me before I even think about, you know, fixing my marriage. And, you know, so there was this great surrender, walking in obedience. It started with surrender and obedience, and through that was a process of healing. It was a process of breaking those chains. It was a process of restoration. And now we, we saw... Kind of what God had done over the years. You know, he had taken two broken people and brought them back together in a, in a powerful, but it was this process. There was this journey. There was this go and wash process that God had been working in and through their lives. And that happens so often with us. Jesus wants to bring healing, but he's asking us to take steps of faith, to obey him at his word, and to go and to wash. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? What's that area of healing you need today? Maybe you raised your hand and someone prayed for you. Maybe you didn't. You just, you know, you just need that touch from God today. Maybe it's something physical today. It's that physical healing, physical restoration today. And you just say, Jesus, would you heal my body today? And maybe Jesus to you is saying, go and wash. Maybe there's something he is asking you to do, something specific. Go and wash. Or maybe today it's, it's a spiritual blindness. It's a spiritual issue. Maybe you believe in God, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't see, you don't have that spiritual vision he wants you to have. You'd say, you know what, I'm not born again as Jesus talked about in John chapter 3. And for you, it's will you surrender to Jesus? Will you not do religious things, but will you surrender to Jesus and allow him to be the Savior and the Lord of your life.
Jesus, would you do that today? Heal, restore, reconcile today.